What a day, what a day, what a day. Thank you for joining me on this episode of EQ Book Club. Today, I'm hey, thank you, man. Today, I'm talking to someone who I have known for probably six years, uh, but just had my first conversation with this past summer on a Zoom call. Um, We discovered that we were in the same grad school program together and had no idea until we ended up in a class together. Uh, And man, honestly, I'm really glad we were in that class together, uh, especially for this context. Uh, This man makes his living selling anything and everything he can paint on. If you sell him a jean jacket, he will turn it around for 500% profit. And if you leave your old ping pong table in a bulk trash pile at the corner of 35th and Bull Street, it will become a more popular tourist attraction than any of the 19th century monuments that exist around Savannah, Georgia. This magical man is Taylor Ayers. Okay, Taylor, I love that. welcome, my man. Dude, thank you. I did not know that was your ping pong table. No, yeah, it was. It was our ping pong table. Ooh, wow. Yeah, it that. was. It was actually the people that lived there before us, and eventually we decided that uh, it just wasn't working. Uh, like half of it was broken. We just put it in the bulk trash, and later we had some TA art uh, Dude, down the I street. I noticed that. I noticed that, man. All right, sweet. I love it, bro. Love it. <laughs> All right. So before we get into what I really want to talk to him about, uh, I'm going to tell the listeners uh, my experience of knowing you. Uh, because I believe it's both a good story of an important growth journey in my career, as well as a good con- contextualization uh, of you for the listeners that don't know you. Cool. You're welcome to chime in at any point. And for the listeners, I haven't told Taylor this story yet, uh, I don't think. But based on some conversations I've had with him, I think he's going to appreciate it. And we are going to get his feedback on it live. Uh, so... Taylor and I went to undergrad together at Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia. Um, Everyone at SCAD has connective mutual friends, so there are names that you know just based on your friend groups, but there are also names that everyone knows. And Taylor Ayers is one of those names uh, that everyone knows. And man, honestly, I was so envious. I was... I was I was such a shit about it too. I wanted so bad to be one of those names that everyone knew, <laughs> um, and I wanted people to talk about my art the way they talked about yours. Uh, honestly, I think that was everyone's goal at SCAD because, in yeah. my opinion, we were we were all at SCAD because we lacked some attention growing up, and SCAD has this absurdly toxic culture that ignites hate and competition between peers to vie for attention instead of collaboration, even though collaboration is all they talk about in their marketing. (laughs) So anyway, what made matters worse is that I also did not understand his art, uh, or at least why people loved it so much. Uh, To me, it wasn't like my kind of art, And that like frustrated me even more so uh, because I spent so much time and effort on the work I was doing and it felt like no one ever cared about it or was interested in it except my close friends and those who worked on it with me and even they didn't care sometimes, which is totally fine. So I didn't even know this dude. I just had this growing frustration with him because people talked about him more than me and I didn't understand why and 
you know, just all these ego problems that I hadn't worked through yet. Um, but there was also this beautiful irony that him and I rode the exact same bike all over town and would pass by each other multiple times a week and never spoke a word. No. No, right? Um, but finally, one night, I was at a party and witnessed something magical. Everyone knew who Taylor was, and he's a prolific artist, so a lot of people had his art in their apartments and in their houses. And on this particular night, some drunk girl decided that she was unhappy that the hosts of this party had one of Taylor's paintings in their oh, entryway. Oh, yeah, I remember this. <laughs> I remember this. And as you came upstairs, uh, you, you would see it as you entered, uh, and this this person uh, started making a huge deal about it while me and my roommate were standing nearby in the line for the bathroom. She was talking so much shit. Uh, even I was offended. I remember thinking like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's not bad. I just don't get it. Like, no need to be that rude. Yeah. So after a moment, some other people that knew you uh, that were at the party started stepping in and berating this girl for being so rude, which was totally fair because it was honestly incredibly rude. But they also started discussing why it is great art uh, and why <laughs> it didn't matter if the drunk girl liked it. And in this heated debate, I started to understand why Taylor Ayers was such an icon in Savannah and why people loved your art. Uh, and in my understanding, it's because you were never waiting for anyone's approval. Yeah, you, you were, right were. Yeah, right. You were right making there. art for anyone. You like you weren't making art for anyone except yourself. Your art was truly an extension of you and a better expression of your perspective of the world than any of the rest of us dared to even show ourselves. And your art is based on a deep level of self-awareness and understanding of your own truths, and you were willing to continue to put yourself out there and ignore the critics because this willingness to be your authentic self and living by your values on a daily basis and those values that self-awareness and the willingness to challenge the status quo were the things that made Taylor Ayers a name of legend in Savannah this like authenticity made the letters T-E-A valuable to thousands of people because the rest of us only wished we could be as authentic and confident as you are That's and after true. that <laughs> Sorry, yeah, sorry, I don't, I don't need to keep going, but like, nah, man, just, I'm listening. Um, after that, I, every time I biked by you, I would give you a smile and ask how your day is sometimes. You would ask me how my day was sometimes. And uh, let me tell the viewers, like, you gotta trade smiles with this dude because it is so <laughs> contagious. I appreciate that, bro. It's really nice. And I, you know, I've also tried my best to find that authenticity in my art and be comfortable expressing myself so yeah. openly like you have. And I think I've I've found my medium here in which to do that. But shout out to you for being one of the millions of catalysts for this moment to come to fruition and for being <laughs> your authentic self. So thank you, my man. No, thank you for having me, man. Like it's... Uh... I'm, I'm always interested to see how, like, like I know how I perceive what I do and I have like my own kind of narrative and experiences about, you know, the, the five or six years I spent in Savannah, but it's always interesting to talk to people who aren't like 
in my like direct circle who yeah, for have sure. like who have either just get their like un like unfiltered opinion, good or bad. You know, because I welcome both, and it's always interesting to be able to talk to people. So I'm glad that you one like allowed yourself to have an opinion, and two had the kind of like courage to be like, "Hey, here's how I thought about." Because most people don't have that second part. At yeah, all. for sure. <laughs> at all. So thank you for that, and thank you for sharing that story, man. I never, I never realized that. I mean, I I knew about. I got wind of it the morning right. after it happened. Right. But I didn't, I wasn't at the party. For sure. So, yeah. 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 I remember you not being there. That's why I figured I, I'd, yeah. <laughs> I'd show you, show you my uh, perspective of the, yeah, man. the situation. Uh, but dude, thank you for being on. Thank you for being yourself. Uh, thank you for allowing, I know that you, you do welcome these, uh, these stories and these perspectives and you want, you want to hear every side and, and you want to know these things. So uh, I figured I'd start with that and give you that and uh, and then we can dive into some really interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, I think first, you know, just coming straight off of that story, let's talk about how that self-awareness, uh, how your like social intelligence has really allowed you to challenge the hate uh, that you may receive and create extremely authentic art. Yeah, um, so I think there's like a little bit of like necessary context for, for that's needed. I come from a sports background. Like I didn't, I grew up in like creative stuff, but I didn't, I wasn't like, I didn't have the architect dad and like the painter mom. Like I grew up in this, like being on all different kinds of people, but also playing tennis at a super high level. So there wasn't, I'm naturally, I naturally come from a competitive, just go get it kind of environment. Um, but I also like, I also just like remember that like I, I found this common thread with all people who I was inspired by, whether it be Michael Jordan, Steve Jobs, whether it be people who weren't even necessarily famous. It was the fact that like they never like waited around to like to ask people, hey, can you validate me? They just did it. They just they just they just did it. Like and in in a way there is this kind of I think there's this kind of positive arrogance that's needed to do something super, super, super important, you know, like, uh, and it really could be anything. And that's kind of what I applied when I, I figured that kind of, I figured that out, like when I was about 20 and, uh, or 21. And cause I got this guy when I was around 21 and I was like, man, I was like, I'm just about to go hard in the paint and I'm just going to like, you're either going to hate me or you're going to love me, but either way, you're going to be forced to make an opinion on me. So there's no gray area. You know what I mean? It's like, I, either you've had a class with me, you see me at a party, you see me at a bar, you see me at Foxy. So you're either like, I don't, I like all this dude. This is so cool. I'm super inspired. Or this dude's an asshole. And he thinks he's like the greatest gift from God. But on the flip side of that, either way, you're still taking time out of your day to think about me. So like, I can't really, I, I, it's like, it's like, I'm still your landlord at the end of the day. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm living rent free, you know? And like kind of to that, to that thing that, that happened at the party. I remember my friend, do you know, did you remember, did you know Reagan Slater? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Reagan texted me. I was at uh, Collins Court the next morning with my then girlfriend. And uh, Reagan texted me. He goes, yo, I don't know if you saw, there's a bunch of videos going around Snapchat about people 
like uh, sitting on your paintings and I was like well can you explain to me what happened he's like yeah there were like a lot of people like just like hovered around and I, I got like it, it hit me like kind of hard for the first 30 seconds and I was like dang I think that was like the first like mental moment where I realized that I actually could be playing with something bigger than myself here where I was like dang there's a party that I wasn't even technically necessarily invited to and there was an out of all the things you could be doing, you could be listening to music, drinking with your friends. There's people spinning, hovering around these three paintings and they're spinning on it. And then they're like, hey, can you video? Like, I was like, dude, that's like a power. If I made you that mad. It's incredible. From, from like literally just paint and canvas. I made you that mad. I affected you that much on an emotional level that you had to do that. I was like, bro, like, I was like, dude, once I find a way to modernize that, like make money from it, it's a wrap. You know, it's it's a it's a wrap, bro. I was like, so that really was kind of like a big deal to me. Um, I and I actually I actually confronted the person like really? straight up. I, I slid in their DM hundred percent. And then it's actually interesting, the person who re who really it was right before I left Savannah, probably in March or even summer. We were all in the room and I had, I'm out longer over it. And she goes, Hey, like, I just like, I hope we're like, okay. Like, I just want to apologize for that. And I was like, bro, it's like all good. Like it happened years ago. She's like, I really do feel terrible. And like, you gave me the wake up call. And I was like, yeah, it's all love. I was just like, but also like, if you're going to come at me. Like I'm, I'm not one of these artists who's afraid of confrontation. Like sure. I want all the smoke you know what i mean like i'm i'm with it bro like i ain't one of these like oh my god i'm talking to like bro if you really want to do this like let me run this you know so that's kind of that's kind of that whole story to that but yeah absolutely no i i i completely agree it was it was insane how many i yeah. mean there were like 10 to 20 of us in a hallway staring yeah. at your art and yeah. and like discussing it and watching things happen to it which For was sure. like insane I had sure. never experienced something like that, but you're so right. That that was like one of like four parties that I have like a vivid memory of because we were all standing around your yeah, art yeah, and something sure, was bro. happening with it. And like every other party, nothing was happening, you know, right. the same people every time and right. the same music every time, like nothing right. was happening. That's yeah. really cool. I, I love that perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, such an, it's, an, it's, it's an interesting thing when you can when like it's such a like energy is neither created or destroyed it's only transferred mm -hmm. you know what i mean i always think about that so i'm just like how can i like paint like the essence and energy of myself without physically being there you know and that's something like look at all the great like painters who i really really admire like you take someone like mark roscoe or jackson pollock or basquiat or and it really a lot of the abstract expressionists or like impressionist people like you can go in a room you can almost feel the weight of their work you know what mm -hmm. i mean it's not just a painting on the wall it's almost uncomfortable to be around so you know that kind of plays into why i only use black and white and there's like the psychology of color theory behind two most contrasts there's like a whole thing backstory to it that's kind of it's kind of curated in a way kind of by design you know but it's uh it's an interesting thing and you know what that was five years ago and fast forward now, you know, I kind of put that into all aspects, not even just painting. So just whatever I'm producing, you know, I always try to encapsulate that whole idea. Of Absolutely. Energy and whatnot. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 
beautiful beautiful words man thank you so much tell me uh tell me more about your backstory we've talked about it a little bit um you grew up in outside yeah. of atlanta is that correct Dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually in the town right now just because I got, once my lease ended, I moved back home. It's a place called Carrollton, Georgia. It's a, it's a southern town, like 80% Republican. Um, both my parents are white, so I was adopted at birth. Uh, my biological family literally lives in the same town. Like, I just, like, casually run into them. Like, all the really? Time. Yeah, I had yeah, no yeah, idea. Yeah. Wow. yeah, bro. So, but I also, like, I mean, I transferred schools every year since eighth grade. Um, like, played tennis like played ten i've legitimately played tennis since i was i've played tennis for 25 years like i've wow. played it since i was two years old um so i grew up like in that world grew up in like public like like inner city public school and then also like one percent private school so i was like exposed to people whose parents like who like with parents who would casually have like a lamborghini in the garage and then like and then like come back home or go transfer to a new school and there's kids at school like selling their food stamps mm. you know so like i saw this like 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 a the level of wealth that you read about in forbes and then i saw like oh bro this is like poverty sure i was like people out here like don't even know how to drive you know what i mean like so, like real real both are real life but both are just two completely you know, so that really opened my eyes kind of about like the, the differences in the world. And then also like growing up black uh, in like uh, in the South, also growing up black with white parents, like all of my friends were like white girls from public, from private schools. Like my closest friend was in eighth grade was just Jewish redhead. You know what I mean? Like I just like I didn't really hang out with a lot of people who looked like me. And so it's also kind of this interesting thing to where like, I was like too black for the white kids, like not all the white kids, but I was also like too white for the black kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm an only child, so I spent a lot of my time. And with tennis, tennis is naturally an independent sport. Yeah. You win, you lose, it is on you, period. There's no team. So, you know, and I think it's kind of hurt me in ways, but I've always, to an extent, had to find a way to entertain myself, to be like super independent to always kind of develop my own thoughts and ideals. And, and it's really only, it, it, it's kind of played into this extremism that's kind of in my art in a way, in the, in the way I kind of approach things and the way I dress, et cetera. So yeah, man, like that's the, like I've really seen, like I've been through periods in my family where we've had a lot of money and, you know, I'm able to go to private school, able to have private tennis lessons and, you know, able to go have cars throughout all my life. Then I've gone through periods to where it's like, you know, parents are decided between paying my tuition and paying bills. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I've really, I've like, I've like, I really feel like I've seen a lot in 26 years, bro. Mm -hmm. you know, so it's definitely interesting. How has that affected your, uh, because... I mean, we we took an EQ test together, and yeah. and your your score is very high, and you know obviously you would you would assume so from from your background from your all these stories that you've been yeah. telling, um, but how specifically how can you think of any ways that that uh, your story has affected that that EQ growth um, and yeah man yeah sorry I cut you off no 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 go ahead 
Yeah, bro. It's a weird thing. Like, I've always been, like, super self-aware since I was a kid, but I've also been super emotional. I just didn't really know how to quite handle my emotions until I was about, like, 24. Yeah. I was, like, really all over the place. Um, and so I think a lot of my upbringing really shaped my, like, how I am now, just in a sense where it's, like, I really feel like I was hit with a lot of real life. Well, I'll tell you a big thing for me. A big, my biological mom contacted me on Facebook when I was in the eighth grade. Yeah. That is a super hard concept to to deal with as a 15-year-old sure. going through hormones. So I was already hit with these very real-world things at a very young age. You know, like I was already hit with like, you know, going like like going from like living in like a, a freaking crib to like going to like uh uh to like family filing for bankruptcy during the recession and then like going to like a 200 300 square foot apartment with animals and three pen- like that's a very humbling experience you know absolutely so it really and since i said since i spend most of my time alone man like I'm really just forced to deal with myself. I never really had the, the like a sibling I could annoy. You know, I was always moving, so I never really had like, I don't have like a, a group of homies. I have best friends now, but dude, I don't have like a group of homies, so I come back to my hometown and like do a bonfire with. Like, that's not my life, you know? Like, and in a way, I was kind of envious of people who were like, had their scab friends and then had their like friends they would go on trips with. I was like, bro, I ain't never had that. I never had that. So I only spent time by myself. So I'd say 50% of the kind of emotional, like high levels of emotional awareness came from my experience. The other 50% was like me getting sober and me making like 360 lifestyle changes, you know, where I really had, I, I had the emotional awareness, but I had the mental clarity and the discipline to deal with myself, which is, it's a battle. It still is, you know, but I was able to, I can kind of dial in anything really at this point, you know, Absolutely. so yeah, that's well, definitely shaped a lot. Tell me uh, a little more about sobriety. Uh, yeah, I man. am sober as well. And I, yeah. I did a year of sobriety last year and then nice, nice. I took about six months after that, I, you know, playing back into it, seeing how it felt and uh, recently decided about a month ago to go back to sobriety again, because life is just exponentially better in my opinion, in my perspective. It is, it is, bro. Dude. So I was already, so I'd already had two years of school under my belt when I became a freshman scout. So I was 21 coming in scout. Mm -hmm. So, and being from Atlanta, like I didn't drink at all. Like freshman year, I drank a little bit towards the end of sophomore year. Like, true sophomore year not like scad sophomore year so in atlanta there's so many bars man so i was going up and i had a place to stay i was going up there and like you know i wasn't like financially on my own so like but i did have my own money so i was just like spending like whatever money i make from like a sale then i would just blow it um and then i just got like super unhealthy gained a lot of weight dude like went to scad and then like i didn't start making like a lot of money but it was like the first time, I remember like the first two years when I was there, it was like the first time where I was like, like, I'd ne- like I didn't have a job, but I was like making money from art and I didn't have like a strong idea of like finances. So I was like, like I could go into the bars on the weekend and be like, yo, like I could pay for all the drinks. And that's a weird, <laughs> that's a weird position to be in. Like when you're like 22 years old, 
Right. Like, like not, I didn't think of this R stuff as a business then, but like I could casually check my account and I can, you know, I could have like X amount of dollars and be like, I can pay for everything, you know? So that kind of, I was doing that, man. I was like, you know, I, I, I had like a, I, I have an ego still, but I think I had a lot of like a toxic one then. Like I had like my dreads and I was just trying to be like the big man on campus. And I was just trying to ball out and like <laughs> be the like the super meta artist dude who like chain smoke cigarettes and drink Culver at night and bragged about being up all night type of bullshit. Man, you know what what I mean? a like, classic scad image. <laughs> dude, it's I see it now and I'm like, uh I'm like, you'll learn. I'm like, you either I'm I'm like you gotta have one of three options. You either drop out get super depressed and and just never and and like hate your life or you'll just come out on top i was like one of three Absolutely. i was like i've seen i've seen you before <laughs> but um yeah man and then like so my dad has been sober for like 15 years dude i remember i remember it vividly bro i was in montgomery hall and i was like this was bad i got mono i was thinking about like i was heavily thinking about suicide i can still take it to the spot where i like told my girlfriend bro it's like right in front of foxy and I just remember I had stayed up all night, bro. And then, like, the, I think the night before, my mom had told me, she's like, look, I, don't, I went through this thing with your dad and it almost killed me. I can't go through this thing with you. And that, like, sobered me up like that. And then I just, like, remember, like, looking out my window in Montgomery Hall at, like, 5 a.m. And I, like, felt, it was the first time, it was like, I saw the sun come in. And it's like, I felt the warmth in my face. And it was, like, the first time in, like, a month or two months I really felt something. And I was like, I, I think it was a God moment personally, you know, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna be okay. I mean, there's a long road ahead, but that was the first time where I really, that was the first shift in my mindset. And I like started, once I moved home, I started working out. I started eating super clean, man. Like I was like, cool. Like, you know, I was exercising, I was sleeping. Um, and then that was like 60 for 60 to 70% of it. And then probably when I turned, like when, actually January 1st of this year, or last year, this time last year, I tore my MCL playing tennis. And it really forced me to slow down. And I was like, man, bro, like, I was like, I'm not fat by any means. I'm a big tennis player. I was like, I'm a big guy, you know what I mean? So like, I was like, I'm gonna make some changes. I got broken up with, not like, I made some major changes. I was like, I'm gonna start intermittent fasting, I'm gonna start meditating, and I'm gonna go vegan. So I did that for like six months, hardcore. Realized that veganism just isn't sustainable for my body type. It's, yeah, it's, it's hard. not. It's doing like only eating plants and like intentionally skipping a meal while on a college sports team is like incredibly hard. <laughs> so almost, I really almost ate myself into like an eating disorder. And so I came back home, and then now I'm just in this place where I'm just like. Really, I'm just in this like maintenance mode. You know, like I have like a morning routine that I stick to. I've certain I don't really deviate outside of things that that bring me joy. So like I don't like I I, didn't, I just kind of just reset everything, bro. Like I was just like, all right, cool. I'm 26. I need to, uh, I want to get disciplined about these things. I have my I know the things that make me feel good, and I'm pretty dialed in. Hmm. And obviously, I'm not perfect, but I really maintain that. And bro, I'll always stand by sobriety. Oh, and, and, and dude, it's just, you, you just like, dude, like I don't spend any money. <laughs> you don't spend any money. It makes dude. everything easier. Like literally dude. everything. Everything. And I'm a, dude, I'm a morning person. When I realized me, 
Oh, game I, changer. Dude, if I don't get seven to nine hours of sleep, I'm depressed, bro. Yeah, I feel dude, that. I, my mind runs all the time. Like, I'm always thinking about designs. I always think about the next collection. I have to turn my mind off, bro. Like, and I can't do the whole wake up at 12, then start my day at three. Mm. Like, bro, like, I can, I just, I'm not wired that way, man. So, and I really, and if you look at the most, the habits of like the most successful people, that's always a consistent theme. Yeah. It's like early morning, you know? And so I just try to, I just try to um, really prioritize that prioritize my health and prioritize like sleep and rest and so yeah i just feel like super focused right now so it's mm-hmm. kind of weird and but I'll, I'll live and die by sobriety bro yeah and i don't i don't miss it i don't miss it no that's the craziest part is that once you get like two weeks out you're like bro, well i don't need anything i'm fine nah bro nah bro and dude honestly i'm way too self-aware for any type of stimulant other than coffee bro like i'm way like, i mean it's kind of crazy like if i'm having an anxiety attack like i don't even shut down i can like i'm it's weird i can fully experience myself having an anxiety attack and like talk myself out of it oh and i'm not, I've been there. I'm not yeah, yeah and i'm not speaking for everyone because you know chemical imbalances and stuff like that but it's just at a point to where like i feel like <laughs> once you become like super mindful about your own mental state and super self-aware like dude when you add a stimulant to that man like it's a, that's that's a, that's a monster bro it it can it Some can do monster. uh much worse than you think the positive bro, you think it'll it ain't nothing you. to mess with bro no all right man well fuck i love yeah. i loved everything you talked about thank you so much for uh yeah, yeah, being vulnerable with me and telling me all these stories uh for sure do you have any any book suggestions have yes you, what's yeah. so i would say some books that are super are super beneficial to me um how to win friends and influence people is a good great one. book it's a good that's one. a great one um i'm almost done with this book called reach dad poor dad oh it's a literacy. great one great book bro um i'm reading another book on like uh like the the future of education for days to come it's written in the 60s actually it's super progressive reading this other one called like the renegade millionaire and reading this other one called like like the basic principles of uh of economics in america awesome fantastic Um, those are like i mean i'm like kind of a nerd like i don't really read a lot of like fantasy so i read like a lot of like factual stuff well that's but, what this is all about those are what yeah, i read man. <laughs> like um stuff like that like or like articles and I, I read a lot of articles and stuff but i'm so visual like i spend a lot of time on youtube watching right. like the watch i mean i'll go from like a john mayer video to like a deep tissue massage video to like to like the issue of meth in ukraine so like I just think I'm all I'm just super curious. I'm naturally just a curious mm-hmm. person. So I spend a lot of time on YouTube. Um, but have you found a way to build that curiosity? In what way? Uh, like you know, you say you're naturally curious. I personally was not naturally curious, uh, but I learned curi- I, I learned to build curiosity. Yeah. I haven't really thought about exactly how. That's why I'm asking you. But gotcha. uh, you know, can you think of? any ways that you've been building that curiosity over the years? Yeah. Um, I think just like opening myself up to, uh, 
things that I wouldn't naturally gravitate towards. You know, it's something I think about, man. And and this is why. Okay, so here's really where I mean, anyone who knows me, like people who I'm really besides like my mom and dad, my three biggest inspirations are John Mayer, Steve Jobs, and Kanye. Those three right there. Right. But and so I remember kind of being at this moment when I didn't like I remember being in this color theory class with Scott. I was like selling work, but I like I was like, dude, this is killing me. I'm like sitting in class. I was like, the same things I get counted off for are the same things I'm making money. And that's a weird place to be in. It's a weird place to be in. And I just remember watching this interview where John Mayer was speaking at Oxford. And he was, she, the guy was like, what, at what point did you know you need to drop out? And he was like, I remember when I got to Berkeley that all I wanted to be was the best guitar player. That's all I wanted to be. And then when you go to a school like that and realize that everyone there is going towards the same goal, he goes, you can either run away from that or you can kind of look at it like this. He's like, if I'm only focused on being good at this one thing, then all of my fans are going to be fans of that soul sport. So he goes, I didn't want to be the best guitar player. I just wanted to be listenable. And then that changed everything for me. I was like, I don't care about being the, most, the biggest artist. I just want to be relatable that was the big thing i was like i'm like people in my class that i'm not marketing art to them i'm marketing right. art to people in class to the barista to the person who sees a tag so and that for me where i was just like dang if i'm only in these circles talking about art talking about design then i'm working in a vacuum right. so my my ceiling is this high you know Completely but, agree. but if i'm you know if i'm like kind of people watching or if I'm reading a book or if I'm listening to something, honest to God, super extremist. I'm like, okay, I see how that side sees it. I see how this side sees it. If I'm like listening to like, you know, why did someone choose to study in nursing? Why did someone choose to not go to school? Why is it like, I'm all like the way I push my curiosity is always asking why. Absolutely. That's literally it. I literally just ask why. And even if I don't know, if I'm curious enough to like put forth the energy of trying to understand something, then I know that at some point I'll have a better grasp of it. So that's really the way I go about things. I really try to simplify stuff. Absolutely. I mean, and that's kind of the basics of emotional intelligence, isn't it? Is every time you do something, you say something, you see someone do something, you see, you hear someone say something, you ask yourself why instead of instead of responding you stop and you say why and then you're able to dive further you're able to learn more you're able to learn more about yourself and that relationship and that other person and man it it feels good to at least get a basic perspective of what you think is the reason why yeah you know it's you know i i think and I speak about SCAD, not in this negative way, but it's something I kind of realized like when I was in school, man, where it's just like, you know, we're all here. Everyone, at least what I kind of picked up on um, was just like, everyone's here trying to, trying to like out art each other, out ed, be the edgiest, be, the, be this, or, or my parents did this, or I wear this, or I, post, I shit post the most on Instagram. How meta can I be? Like how many obscure tracks can i dj at some loft party you know it's just like and i was like yeah i ain't really know that bullshit personally but i was also just like i was very curious about that i was super curious about the way certain ecosystems interact you know because scads 100 percent art schools are ecosystems 
you know? And then I was like, okay, but why don't I like this? Why isn't this sitting well with me? Why aren't people doing that? So I would, you know, genuinely just ask people questions. And then I think that also like went into my art, you know, like I, uh, like I have a design, like I was going to post like probably later this week or next week, where it's like, if you were going to die tomorrow, what would you change today? Mm. You know, and I'm always curious. You know, I ask myself that question, man. Like, right. if I if I walk outside this door right now, like, did I do what I need to do? And that's a super extreme way of looking at things. But I mean, I really do look at life that way. Yeah. You know, because I I I, I really believe that there's so many things that distract us. You know, and I'm curious about the things that are so simple and so obvious that we completely overlook. And I'm like, why do we overlook these things? I'm like, why don't people see the world this way? Why X, Y, and Z? So that's always, I'm always just curious about that stuff, man. Like, I'm curious about, like, super small things. And even to the point to where I'm sometimes, like, I'm, like, naturally very observant. Right. And it's, uh, like... It's just, it's a weird thing. Like I can, it's like weird. Like when I'm dating, I'm in a relationship right now and I can, I can like pinpoint certain ticks that she has. And she's like, I've never even noticed that. I'm like, yeah, when you say certain words, your lip moves up this way, you know, or like, like, or like I can tell when I, it's just, it's weird. I've always been able to do it, man. But I'm always in this, I'm just curious about everything, bro. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so curious, man. So, I love yeah. that. Well, we appreciate your curiosity. Um, where can the people that are also appreciating your curiosity buy your art, hear your thoughts, and enjoy your dance moves? Oh, oh thank you for that. Um, <laughs> at Taylor.airs, you know, and that's just my Instagram. I got my websites in there and everything like that, bro. So it's like, that's where you can find me. I mean, I literally have my number on there. So I try to be as like, it's, it's weird kind of it's weird so like the account that i have is the same account i've had since i was 13 right i just i just like turned it into a business account but so and um you didn't ask but i'll tell you this anyways no please i i think a lot of reasons like realize this like i think a lot of reasons why people really relate to like what i do or like feel like they know me or like have like a really strong opinion on me or whatever is that like i go out of my way to humanize like every part of like, like my Instagram, like especially my online presence. So it's like, like I literally, I mean, I literally put my number out there for like anyone to use. It's like, it's not like you're going to get this business hours closed. Like you're, it, it's going to be me picking up the phone. So I really, I'm just like, man, like let me just be as relatable and like on the same level. So it doesn't seem like, oh, I follow this like one artist, but I can never reach out to him. Like, bro, like, or girl, like whatever, like, Really, you, anyone can DM me, you know what I mean? Like, it's really not, like, it's not that deep, you know what right. I mean? It's like, there's not this, like, there's I just no really wall. try to, dude, no, I just really try to humanize things, bro. That's yeah. really the way I go about it, yeah. Well, we appreciate that. I, I don't have any more questions for you, man. You you really killed it. I really appreciate it. Cool, bro, cool. Thank All you right, so cool, much man. for your time. See ya. Thanks, <laughs> See you, man. Today's book suggestions were top notch. Rich Dad Poor Dad is so important if you need to build financial intelligence and how to make friends and influence people is an absolute classic. 
uh, especially if you interact with people a lot or want to be a leader. You can get these books at local bookshops. Support local bookshops by going to bookshop.org slash shop slash EQ. I will have these up there ready for you to purchase. Uh, you get 8% off and you are supporting local bookstores every time you purchase from bookshop.org slash shop slash EQ. To wrap it up, I want to shout out to Jay for being my sound design ninja and Ashley for being an incredible supporter of my nonsense and doing the astounding graphic design for the show. You can support Jay by following his band, This Is Little Bird, or Ashley at Ashley Beard Designs. Uh, both on Instagram, and leave them some comments to show them your love. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, or even if you're not, please rate, subscribe, and leave some lovely words on the show page on Apple Podcasts because it really helps me get this into more people's ears. And finally, I'm sure you got here via my social media, but if you didn't, it's at EQ Book Club on everything. It's a great day for a day, y'all. I love you. Goodbye.